Welcome to the Wisdom for Warriors podcast. On this episode, part five and six of the Love is series. Love is not proud and does not dishonor. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, we are here for the next part of our 16-part series about Love is. Uh, we're on to Love is not proud and does not dishonor others. I am joined by my beautiful wife, as mm-hmm. always. That's me. That's her. Uh, so we're going to just go ahead and jump right into it. Yep. So as a reminder, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about each of these components in love is. And this whole scripture was when Paul was going around different churches and trying to teach them about the gospel. And part of the gospel, of course. Biblical Paul, not me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Paul in the Bible is teaching them about the gospel and that part of the gospel is love because God is love. And so a lot of this, even though the framework really, and if you put it in context, like we always talk about, is Paul talking about how a church should operate ideally. That concept of love, God being love, is universal in all things, including marriage. And so that's why we're uh, diving a little bit deeper into these concepts. So the first one that we'll start with, well, and then to back up a little bit too, just as a reminder, we'll talk a little bit about scripture and then we'll interlay some examples from what we have seen and from our marriage. And then we'll talk a little bit about research because I, uh, being in the research world, firmly believe that research confirms what God has created. And that includes marriage and what love is. And so we get to see a whole lot of what the Bible says and also what scripture says and also what science says about this. So the first one, like my Paul said, is... is that love is not proud and i i kind of like the new king james version of it a little bit better it's more uh graphic it says love is not puffed up Mm -hmm. it ain't puffed up if you think about pride and puffy chest and like the guy that's walking around like a peacock strutting his stuff that that's what i think about when it's i think like uh, i feel like that reminds me of something at the gym the other day which oh, yeah, ooh, yeah. <laughs> see it all the time seriously see it all the time but to water it down a little bit the definition of pride is feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievements it's basically you are getting some kind of satisfaction of the things that you have done. The key there is your own achievements and you thinking that those achievements came just from you, which I feel like the society today, because God is so removed from it, that's all we do. That's all people do is they think um, my career promotion is because of me. The success of my family is all because of me. And they have, they lack the humility to be able to say, this wasn't me. This isn't a pride situation. This is God did all that. <clears throat> so some kind of pleasure, satisfaction from your own achievements and, um, or the achievements of those with whom one is closely associated or from qualities or possessions that are widely admired. So you can be proud that 
this is a thing you can be proud of like in the marriage context your husband for his achievements uh, or your wife for her achievements and although i think that's healthy in a way i think you should be proud and bragging on your your spouse i think to bring it back to the biblical worldview the key there is always to say yeah i'm proud of my wife yeah i'm proud of my husband but i know that they didn't get in that position they didn't do that they didn't finish that without the help of god every step of the way so that's the humility that is required <clears throat> and then in general i mean when you think about pride the way that you see it in today's day and age it's having this lofty view or opinion of your own uh, ability or worth right like yeah. you've seen that a whole lot all the time all the time like you you think you, you're basically too good for your own britches right like you, that's what you think you're yeah you're, and you see this in the gym you see it in the workplace all over the place where you know talked about it on some of the other episodes that I do with some of the guys and just how we were surrounded, you know, in a, in a alpha mindset career field that I'm in, there's a lot of people that are proud. And a lot of times it's about, about things that they done in the past, which doesn't have a lot of significance on what they're doing today, which just makes them look arrogant instead of yeah. anything else. I think about this <clears throat> when I see acceptance speeches like award acceptance speeches uh -huh. there's such a clear contrast between the guy that accepts an award and says yeah i got here from the you know i was from the bottom of the barrel now i'm here Fired from the bottom now I, I did this all myself i built this empire myself blah 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 versus the guy that accepts the award and says my i literally don't know how i would have gotten here without my wife without my family without god in the corner and yeah. you know there's there's this suppression of self because you realize when in humility that you didn't do it yourself and then there's an elevation of the others around you um and i think that's so good and so good to remember because that type of pride like in scripture is always going to be followed by a fall right yeah god hates pride he detests it it literally says in the bible proverbs 16 5 the lord detests all the proud of heart detests that's like resent like resents hates like at the end of the day loathes people that are proud proud yeah and again proud being i'm inflating myself not others around them and not god who did it all for me and then the follow-up to that is, he says, be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. So think about those proud people that inflate themselves, they puff themselves up. They're going to eventually see a fall and then they're going to be punished for all of that because you're not thanking people around you and God um, where you should. Yeah, and this one, I feel like it, as far as a relationship, side of it it kind of ties in with you know uh love does not boast like we were talking about on the last episode <clears throat> you know um yeah it's if us. one or the other uh, i don't i don't think we have this issue correct me if i'm wrong but uh like if one of us you know just hypothetically was um like if i came home and was like you know i make more money you know i do this i do that 
you know, proud and, you know, puffing myself up, you know, that that's not going to be, that's not loving towards you right. or, or vice versa. Like I'm the doctor, <laughs> mm-hmm. I've got all the education. I know the research, like, you know, it, it just, yeah, that would be disrespecting me. Which... It would be. And I try not to do that too, because the way that I think about this, like in that scenario, I could probably go around and be like, Hey, my name's Dr. Almond and yeah. blah, blah, blah. But when you think about pride, you're putting yourself on such a high mountain peak that there's nowhere else to go but down. That's the way I think of it. Mm-hmm. That's good. And so when you're up on that peak, you're saying, I did all of this. I, 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 I'm here. I'm all the way up here. You literally can't go any higher than that. And that's why in Proverbs 16, 18, it says pride goes before destruction because there's nowhere else to go but down. Because you're not humble enough to say, I, even though I got here, I am below everybody else because they're the people that got me to this place. That's good. Um, so yeah, there's, there's some other stuff too. Like when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. And we'll talk about here in a second that humility is the panacea or the panacea, however people say it. I don't know. I don't even know what that word means. Uh, it means the cure-all. Yeah, the cure-all <laughs> for, for pride. Always humility. And you see this in, I don't even have this in the notes, but Jesus was this way all the time. Jesus literally could have went to anybody and said, I am the God of the universe. I like, I'm above everybody. I'm above you. But he was out there washing people's feet, you know, serving them, giving his power to heal them, all of this stuff, humbling himself uh, because he knew that if he was prideful and if he did say all of those things. Uh, Even even when he was being tested by Satan in the, in the desert, you know, he was humble and you know, he could have done all the things Satan was t- tempting him or testing him with, you know, yeah, you know, uh, insane and all the way up to his crucifix, crucify, crucifying, you got it, baby. yeah, <laughs> words, um, you know, he, they're like, if, you know, you are the, the son of God, you are the Messiah, they were taunting him, you know, just come down off there and all these things. And but he was humble and, wasn't prideful and had to die for our sins. Thank God. Because yeah. none of us would be here if he hadn't. I'm just saying. Uh, right. Right. <clears throat> so, yeah, it's everywhere. God God hates it. There's a remedy for it, which is the gospel. And uh, if you are more like Jesus, which you should shoot for within the context of the gospel, that comes with being humble. Pardon. Humble. Um, and research has through and through backed up this sentiment. There's this this uh, research project called the American Families of Faith. And they conducted. I loved it because of all the research that I found thus far, I haven't found a whole lot with faith based family units. It's mm-hmm. just been marriage in general. But this one specifically, they conducted interviews with more than 250 highly religious married couples is what they called them. And they wanted to look at how their faith impacted their family life. So the main question that they asked them and what we'll talk about here in a lot of these examples is what are the greatest obstacles, either external and or internal to your marriage? So what are the things that are preventing you from success in your marriage, whether they're internally, maybe like mental health or something internal within the marriage or externally, something like, uh, 
I, I don't know, finances, cheating, something like that. Mm. <clears throat> so this study or this write-up of the study did a really good job of uh, anonymizing a lot of these people. So I'm just going to quote some of this, the things, or I'm just going to talk about some of the quotes that people have said without bringing their names into them. But it was crazy when I was going through these examples, how many times pride was brought up as a detriment or an obstacle to marriage success. Mm. So when asked about the greatest obstacles to his marriage, one of them responded with just one word, pride. And everybody else got the same question. They said, uh, the obstacles, they think they're the same obstacles that every Christian has, and that's pride and greed and thinking of oneself. Another one said, it's the same. I agree. Pride is the problem. Uh, another one said, I think the inherent imperfections that we all have get in the way. I lean probably more toward pride than I should, and that gets in the way. So all of these people, these highly religious people, like they call them, have determine that pride is a major contributor has been a major contributor to potential success of their marriage. Now, yeah. I think, I think most of these people are still married, but I think what they're getting at is that potential problems within the marriage is the result of pride. Yeah. Thinking, um, I know for me, you know, a lot of times, uh, I can, I feel like pride uh, like in the way of arguments, right? Mm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, having too much pride to be the first one to um, come back and apologize or admit they're wrong or, you know, fill in the blank. And that's something um, I, I feel that I suck up my pride pretty often and I come back and um, to help find a resolve when we're having, you know, different things. And even if I know deep down, I'm like, I know I'm freaking uh, right. Like, uh, yeah. I know I'm right. But you know, that's, that's, uh, if I just let that go on, that would just lead to more, more issues because that's not loving. And I have to, you know, swallow that and just come back and be loving and, you know, we get past it. Yeah. You're that's better probably at doing hard that first. for a lot of, that's probably one of I, now that I think about it, cause I was trying to think about it in a relational standpoint, I wasn't really thinking about that part of it uh-huh. with, with like arguments and, you know, swallowing your pride to move, move along with it all. So in those situations, cause I know my, my answers might be different than yours. In those situations when you don't want to apologize because of pride, why do you think you, you take so long to apologize? Um, I don't ever think it's like a super long time, but well, you know what I'm saying. Why do you why do you delay? Sometimes just my just being human, and it's like the, the pride does get in the way. It's like I know I'm right. Like I didn't do anything wrong. Like uh, you know, just being in my head about whatever whatever it is, and I'm after a while. Like I said, I just suck it up, and I'm like, just go be a good husband. Yeah, <laughs> be a good leader, and you know. Well, it. and I ask that because I think in my head the reason why I don't come forward. Um, quickly is because of, obviously because of pride, but because I am putting 
I'm putting you below me because like, like you just mentioned, you said you don't think that you were wrong, but you don't think that you were wrong because your moral complex is different than mine. The things that hurt you are going to be different than mine. So what, what the opposite of pride would do, which is humility, what humility would do is to say, okay, if roles were reversed, that probably wouldn't have hurt me, but it hurt my partner. And so I'm going to humble myself and be like, Hey, I am sorry. And I'm coming to you to do that. I think what prevents me from doing me from apologizing is not recognizing that because I feel like I'm in some way going to be taken advantage of. Mm. And I think I have to personally, I have to go back to God's promises for me, which is that I'm always going to be taken care of. I'm always going to be protected. I'm not going to be taken advantage of in other words. And that if I just apologize, then I'm going to be good with God. I'm going to be good with you. And so, um, that's a constant reminder though, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Another guy said, when we are humble and regard ourselves as imperfect, like in our example of apologizing, we can tolerate each other. If you're prideful and look down on the other person, you will have a bad relationship. When you are near God, you will you will see that you are imperfect. That's good. That really is good. To go back to that example. The closer that you, uh, and it's so true, just with everything in life, the closer that you are with God, the more that you're doing your spiritual disciplines, which I tend to lack sometimes, the more that you're doing your, your spiritual discipline, disciplines the more you're reminded that you are imperfect and you're in the need in need of a savior and then the more likely you are to do these things like apologize because you recognize all that stuff yeah but the further you are you are away from god the more pride that you tend to have and uh the less likely you are what do you think about that yeah <clears throat> that's, i mean that's pretty spot on yeah. <sighs> um, so some of the conclusions that they wrote in this one write up of the study is that based on their interviews, they observed that our behavior is permissible to others to behave similarly, but it's more than that. It's an invitation to do so. So this can go either way. Basically what they're saying here is that whatever you do, and this is like a social psychology thing too, whatever you do, other people are likely to follow. It's kind of like a mirroring situation. Mm -hmm. So if you think, for example, when you're at the dinner table, you don't even realize you do it, but if somebody across from you picks up their glass of water and they take a sip, you're more likely to do it. It's like a social psychology thing, a mirroring thing, like I said. In this situation, the same can be true in both ways. And so if you're being prideful and in that apology example, you're not apologizing, it's pretty likely that the other person is, is doing the same. And then it's going to be like a fight to figure out who does, who apologizes first. But on the other side, um, if you behave in a way that you're apologizing quickly, the other person's guard will come down really quick. And I think that that shows up a lot in our, in our relationship. You're very good at apologizing early. Mm. <laughs> and then me, it it literally allows me to drop my pride right away. 
um, because I see a humility in him that almost is almost like a humility that I want to. <clears throat> so I thought that was good. So that is pride. Any last thoughts about pride? Um, <clears throat> yeah, just uh, from the argument standpoint and like swallowing the pride and everything. Um, I think you kind of have something similar on your notes here, but just something also we've picked up from one of the Bible studies we've done or whatever is, you know, at the end of it, you're still my wife. You're a good-willed person. And in most cases, your spouse probably isn't trying to be really malicious. You know, there's probably something else going on unless there's like there's some serious stuff going on. Maybe they are trying to be malicious. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that I think can help with swallowing the pride. Like, yeah, they may have hurt you. They might have you know, been unloving or been disrespectful, um, but they might not even have realized it. So swallowing that pride to come back to the conversation to maybe further uh, talk about it, you know, apologize for my end and then discuss why I may have um, reacted the way I did uh, that <laughs> required my apology to begin with. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think that's really good. So the next one is does not dishonor others. And that's a tough one for me in the grand scheme of it. (laughs) Another way, again, I kind of like the new King James version better. It does not behave rudely because it says it outright. It's like, it's not rude. So you're not rude to your husband or your wife. Yeah. So the definition of dishonor is bringing shame or grace upon fail to di- disgrace disgrace <laughs> yeah <laughs> bringing shame or disgrace upon that is fail to respect disgrace or humiliation and i think this one oh gosh this one stings my gut so bad because i very much dislike seeing this out in public we're yeah. feeling it out in public in the beginning of our like we've had to had several conversations about what either one of us finds is dishonorable of the other when we're out in public um but when you see other couples it's like cringeworthy is one of the words that they use these days like yeah. the kids use these days it's cringeworthy it's cringe. i don't think i don't even think they add the extra word it's just it's cringe just cringe that's cringe to see it like you see a wife that's dishonoring her husband or like making fun of her husband or you see a husband that's making fun of her a wife that's making fun of her husband and uh, it really is like nails along the chalkboard for me yeah so this is very visceral feeling one i think yeah that and that's something just because i'm i'm always goofing around um <clears throat> that you, like you said, we had several conversations about it where we'd be out with people or whatever. And I, I say something as a joke, but you took it as me trying to make you the joke or, you know, trying mm-hmm. to make fun of you or whatever. And it's, it's just, you know, I, I do it to everybody, but I, I feel like I've gotten a lot better about that. Yeah, you definitely have. Um, 
Well, and here's the thing is you and your partner are so unique individually and together. And so the way that your marriage works is different than anybody else. What we can tell you about our marriage. So Paul is definitely a jokester for sure. And I love him for that. I am, I'm very sensitive. Like y'all I'm sensitive. I cry so easily. I get embarrassed really easy. I've been like that since I was a child. So I know that that's like innate in me. And we joke all the time behind closed doors and we go tit for tat and all that stuff. And I'm completely fine with it. Like sometimes I'm sensitive, but mm-hmm. when I'm out in public, when we're with our friends, all of that stuff, I get so embarrassed when that same carrying on is transferred in front of people. I'm just easily embarrassed by it. I, I, I don't know why I feel like maybe it's, I don't, I feel like I'm being sometimes put down when those jokes are said out in public and that's all right to have those emotions. They're my emotions and um, it's okay to feel that way. And so I've had had several conversations with Paul about that and it's absolutely gotten better. And that's the way our relationship functions. And now when we're out, he's like, not that he wasn't my biggest cheerleader. You weren't my biggest cheerleader then, but you are like absolutely my biggest cheerleader, like bragging on me and loving me. And you joke with other people and maybe you lightly joke with me, but you make sure that you are honoring me in the way that I like to be honored and not humiliating me. Yeah. And so I love that our relationship has morphed into that. I feel like we're just learning a lot more about each other. So the thing is to bring it back to the love is thing. Love doesn't dishonor because it is not humiliating. It's not demeaning. It's not inappropriate. When you think about all of those descriptive words, humiliation, demeaning, inappropriateness, you think about examples of each of those. And in those examples, there's like, there's zero love, right? Mm. Like think about a parent and that's what they say. What do they say? They say, um, praise in public, uh, discipline in private or something like that, because you want to build your child up. You don't want to demean them in front of their friends. And because the moment that you do that, you're first, you're not showing love to the child. You're also not showing love to God because you're dishonoring a thing that God has graced you with. And you're also not demonstrating love for the people that are around you. So you can think about so many examples of each of these and how you literally don't feel the love that's present there. Yeah. You know? And I, you know, that's something like, I'm sure anybody listening to this could think of a, a relationship that, one spouse or the other is, is humiliating, Oof. demeaning, or inappropriate. Um, like you, that. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. That's, kind of thing. And if if you can't think of one, that might be y'all. Yeah. <laughs> a little, little, truth, little truth jab there, but. Um, well, and you, you've said so many examples. I'm not going to say like who and where and what context, but in the people, the men that you know, how sometimes thinking about the inappropriate thing, They'll talk about things that are inappropriate and not things that a husband should say, whether they're with their wife or not, you know, like it's absolutely inappropriate. And you get that gut response because you're like that. 
you feel that something is wrong. Like there, that shouldn't be said or. Absolutely. And, that, and that's, you know, you know, 10, 15 years ago, back when I was young military guy or whatever, you know, I would have jumped right along with all, some of this, you know, humiliating, inappropriate stuff. But, you know, the, the more, the closer I get to God, the more I like, I like, it's cringe. It is cringe. <laughs> cringe you know, Jensen like, would be so proud of us right now. Like, I don't want to, you know, be any part of that. And I should honestly be better um, about it and like speaking up when I see and hear those things. Like, hey, man, you know, you're married. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Probably shouldn't be saying or doing those things. That's something I need to. And just like uh, I'm, I'm not I'm not Christ. I'm just trying to be Christ. Like it's something I got to continue to work on right there too. Yeah, the Holy Spirit will guide you in those moments, though. So some examples merged with Scripture. Hebrews thirteen four says marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. So this is talking about how marriage should be honored and mostly this is by purity and the reciprocal of course would be then how marriage can be dishonored by impurity so some examples might be for for women in particular if you dress immodestly as so this this is something that i've actually in the last you know one two three years have been convicted about even in the gym like sometimes I, I did not use to dress modestly in the gym. Like I would wear what some of these girls are wearing now. And now like I, I put on the, you know, the little midriff type of stuff now. And I'm like trying to pull my shirt down. I'm like mm-hmm. just feeling really uncomfortable. And even like when we get invited to pool parties, I literally feel that too. Sometimes I'm like, I'm just gonna wear my one piece or I'm just gonna keep my, my dress over it. And it's not, self-consciousness it's more that i'm trying to keep my my marriage for me yeah i'm trying (laughs) to keep my marriage bed pure really even even with that too there's been times where i'm like babe don't you're not going out in the front yard like that oh yeah i'll do gardening work (laughs) and i'll have you know like spandex shorts on and he's like nah (laughs) yeah because i've had to chase off some guys driving by yeah but um yeah but so, that is I lovingly say that, but you know, yeah, and I've respected that. I've you know, sometimes I give him well, like, I'm saying like I'm saying I'm saying it lovingly, I don't come out there to like, I don't say it to humiliate or you know, yeah, dishonor you or anything like that. I'm like, babe, no, I don't want to go to jail today. Please change your clothes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> joking, but serious, no, <laughs> yeah. but you think about it like. If I were to have that conviction and or if Paul were to request that I don't dress that way and I were to do the opposite, mm-hmm. I would be being so dishonorable toward my husband. Yeah. You know? And that request of Paul is nothing out of the ordinary. I think that's absolutely reasonable. You know, some women these days would see that as like, you're trying to prevent me from being me and this independent. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's like that that pod that one podcast that's out there, that whatever podcast. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. there's some like, uncomfortable conversations there. And that's for if, if anybody's listening to this stuff, like too, if you're single, right? If you want 
to have a good marriage or you want to find somebody and then uh, have a good marriage, you know, you might want to look at what you're doing now because um, the, it's not just about that, that initial flutter of the heart that will result in a good marriage. You know, there's, you know, you have to have those good qualities and, you know, the Bible's kind of like a handbook in it all. And that's why we're going over all these. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And it's true. <clears throat> Another one too, just to rip the bandage real quick is viewing pornography. This one is so dishonoring towards your husband or your wife. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people would argue like what's the what's the harm in pornography? I think it's probably a deeper conversation for another time, but you have to ask yourself a lot of questions. Like for example, what are you viewing? Do you find that to be disgraceful? Do you think God would find that to be disgraceful? Yeah. Is the the dishonoring of the people within those videos, you think that is honoring to God? I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's honoring to God. And then you can also, you should also ask yourself, can you view this stuff without lusting toward those things? And I would absolutely say you cannot, right. like, that's exactly what you're doing. You're lusting toward the video of what the people in the video, the actions in the video of what you're watching and you're not lusting towards your husband or right, your wife, right, right. which is, which is what we're supposed to do. Keep the marriage bed pure. And so there's just, there's a lot of questions that you have to ask. Um, I think it's so awful how this has been so pervasive. Um, and it's a, it's a deep cutting one because it is so dishonorable toward your spouse. So. Yeah, I've, I've seen that affect some relationships here. Um, recently, I don't know all the details or anything, but, um, it's it's been so like sexual <clears throat> normalizing sexuality has been so ingrained in us since i don't know probably like started in like i would guess like the mid 90s yeah you know with commercials starting out I, I've, I've seen like documentaries about it too where you know up until a certain point like you were not allowed to do commercials like that you were not allowed to do certain things in videos and movies and tv shows and then it all just started slipping downhill now it's where <clears throat> there's there's even some like cartoon movies that say stuff inappropriate um you know kids movies i should say that say stuff that's inappropriate and sexual in nature and you know just you know superheroes that are dressing provocatively that you know kids are watching and idolizing and you know, it's it's a uh, it can be a really slippery slope, and um, you know, it's no wonder why it's such a big issue. Yeah, because you know, like I said, you're <clears throat> you're you're idolizing an act that's involving somebody else instead of your your spouse, mm -hmm. and yeah, no bueno. It's not bringing honor to them or to God. Nope. Yeah. Another one that I just thought of too, and this is for men in particular, because God has made you such visual creatures is, is you can honor your wife by doing everything in your power to take your gaze away from the things that you would view physiologically pleasurable. So of course that includes pornography, but it also includes 
some woman that's walking across the restaurant that you and your wife are at, you know, um, you know, and we've, we've been in marriage groups where they've talked about things like this. Men intuitively know where there is a woman in the space that you're around. Like, it's just a thing that you guys have. And I, I feel the same too. Like I, I have that feeling about like, I'm aware of where men are too. I think a lot of women would say that same thing, but here's the thing. It's, to look upon something in a lustful way like that is a choice. If you're aware that it's there and you do everything in your power, ho hopefully within the, <laughs> with the Holy Spirit's power, if you do everything within your power, the power that's within you to not look at that, to not lust at that, that is honorable for your partner. If you make the choice to redirect your focus to that and like, God forbid your partner sees you do that, that is dishonorable to them and dishonorable to God. And so I think, I think that's a good example. And here's the thing, like when your, your partner too, especially women, when women see that their partner, their husband is doing everything in their power to not look at women. Like I've seen Paul do that. Like he, I can tell he's doing what he can to not look at women. Like it makes you feel so good and so protected. Um, because he's honoring you. Yeah, I'll just be honest. Uh, we were at a concert a few weeks ago, and <clears throat> she caught me looking at a woman, and I've, I still just feel so guilty about it. And um, I, you know, I do try and do my best, like you said, just to completely put the you know the blinders on around women. Like I know that even before that situation, like I, certain gyms we stopped going to, um, like I work out at work most of the time because there's pretty much never anybody there. Uh, just taking, <clears throat> if you have those struggles and those things with between whether it's pornography, you know, lust, whatever it is, you need to remove yourself from those situations as much as you can, mm -hmm. right? Like if you're an alcoholic, don't get a job at a bar. <laughs> you yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying? So, mm -hmm. um, and, it, and a lot of that too, you know, like social media, um, scrub your, you might have to scrub your social media, just change up the algorithms or whatever, however you got to do it. Like, um, if you're struggling with those things, you just, you got to take the steps to get away from them. You know, I think we've talked about it, or I know I've talked about it on different episodes where, you know, like <clears throat> I, I'm very conscious of what I ingest, where, you know, we ingest as far as our, uh, nourishment, you know, food and everything, but also, I get on you all the time about movies because there's certain movies I don't want to watch. It is so true. <laughs> and then same thing with music, yeah. and then same so same things with these. Where if it if it's, it has the potential to lead you to sin, you got to make those conscious decisions to steer clear of them. Yeah. Now it is it is good, and the further you get in your faith, like we were talking about in the beginning, the more you're convicted to do that stuff. Like in the beginning, you may be trying to do it out of your own personal will. Like you're trying to will yourself because you consciously know that it's not right. But the more that your heart changes, the more you're like, ugh, yeah. what? Like, no. Yeah, why hasn't that happened with you in these movies? Yeah. <laughs> Y'all, I love a good horror flick. I have a good relationship with horror movies. But, you know, I'm trying to take them out of my vocabulary. But we'll uh -huh. see. We'll see. So the second one in Proverbs 31, 12, it says, she brings him good not harm all their days of her life. Another way to honor, another example of scripture that talks about honoring. So some example, examples, if you're 
if you and your partner have a mutual friend, you want to make sure whether they're a guy or a girl that you aren't overly friendly toward that person. Yeah. You know? And I mean, it sounds like obviously you would do that. You wouldn't be over overly friendly toward them, but you have to create those internal boundaries, you know, like if, because if you are, you are, opening the door to potential, even if you don't see it now, because sin creeps in small and then it yeah. grows. Yeah. That's how most, uh, you know, like adultery happens. It's not like you're real good one day and then you're just not good. Right. It's this example. It's having a mutual friend that slowly grows into something more and more and more and more. Yeah. And <clears throat> now that you say that, like I, they're, um, at the gym, I went to the the, the Air Force, not the Air Force Base, um, Camp Robinson today, and <clears throat> there was a female there, and like I, like she's like, oh, how you doing? I wasn't even looking at her, you know. I just, I just, again, that's one of the things is just try to avoid it because, you know, I, I don't, I don't need any friends. Like I don't need any mm -hmm. female friends. Like you know, she was just just greeting me, but like I, I, in you saying that, I thought about how I did that today, and just. You know, yeah. No eye contact, anything. It's like, oh, I'm good. Just, you know, and just drive on because, <clears throat> yeah, that like you said, those little, you know, it, it only takes a, a snowflake to start a snowball downhill. Yeah. And if uh, if you open that door, like you said, that's yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Sometimes, like, and I think I, I guess as far <clears throat> as where I am in, in the faith walk and everything else, like that, like I don't even realize I'm doing it until we have conversations like this, where I, you know, kind of um, take like a thousand foot look at it. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Another example too is, uh, honestly, I think this is controversial because especially in this feministic type of movement where it is honorable to your partner when you take care of yourself, whether you're male or female. It is, it's honorable to your partner when you say, I care enough about you and our bedroom situation and your attraction to me that I'm going to go to the gym most days of the week. I'm going to eat well. I'm going to make sure I look presentable, maybe do my makeup and hair, even if I don't have to situation. Uh, I think, I think that is extremely honorable. You care that your husband, your wife stays attracted to you and you keep that going. And, um, I always like it because I, in my Instagram, I have a lot of homeschooling type of stuff. I see a lot of women that even though they stay home all day and they homeschool their kids, they take pride in the fact that they still wake up, they still work out, they shower, they get their makeup on, they do their hair, they get ready for their day. Uh, for part, partly for that reason, because it's easy just to put sweatpants on, put your hair in a messy bun and then go on with your day. Yeah. I guess like from the guy's standpoint, <clears throat> Um, if, if, uh, not that this is the case with us or anything, but like, I could see if <clears throat> like you never did those things, you know, around me and then, you know, you're going out with some girlfriends and you're getting all dialed up mm -hmm. and say, well, why, well, why can't you do that for me? Yeah. You know, that's, that can be viewed from a husband's standpoint as disrespectful. Um, yeah. So that's interesting. It is. Another one too is appropriate word choices, especially name calling. That's a good boundary to have when 
you're having arguments is to not name call. And this includes this, this is in my theory, my working definition of name calling is literally calling them a name, like calling them you're stupid and saying that they're being stupid. I feel like both of those types of descriptions, like you're an a-hole or you're being an a-hole. It's all like the same thing, right? And so you're, you're calling them names, you're dishonoring them. So you gotta be really careful there. And then the last one in Ephesians 5.33, it says, however, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. This is a classic love and respect thing. Yeah, y'all, this is this is a big one. Um, yeah. Because <clears throat> we talked about a little bit earlier, swallowing the pride and everything, because there, if you don't remember that your spouse is a good-willed person and they probably weren't trying to be malicious, yeah. they might not realize, like for, for me, Brittany might not realize that something she said made me feel disrespected. And if I just take that, well, oh, you disrespect me, got copy. I'm gonna be unloving to you. Then it just go, uh, does this thing called the crazy cycle, and then it just goes and goes and goes, and that that turmoil can be disastrous. So, <clears throat> just tying it all together, you know, there are times where I'm like, well, if I was unloving what I said, yes, she was disrespectful with what she said, which caused me to be unloving. I still <clears throat> oftentimes swallow my pride apologize for being unloving and i'll say something like you know i'm sorry that i was unloving doing xyz i felt disrespected by abc you know whatever the case is yeah yeah and then like we talked about before that normally pulls my defenses all the way down and then i end up realizing she was wrong okay (laughs) okay oh my gosh kind of so Some examples, like if you if you are hosting a party and your partner asks you, your spouse asks you to do a favor for them, and you internally think that they would be able to do it themselves, so you snap at them, that is absolutely dishonorable because you're not respecting your husband or husband's not loving the wife. Yeah, there there was a couple incident. You know, we we hosted uh, Christmas. And there was a couple things. <clears throat> I think I was trying to get the turkey going. And I was like doing the research on my phone and like pulling out the stuff I needed. And you're like, "Hey, babe, can I? Can you get me this and this?" And I, my initial response wanted to be like, "I'm busy too. Like you get it." But I swallowed my pride and my 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 initial <laughs> thought. I was I wasn't quick to words, and I went and got what you needed, and I did it, and then you did it again, and I'm like, uh, "Yep, here uh, you go, babe." Like <clears throat> you know. Um, because if I would have responded that way, it would have just it would have been super unloving to you, which would have could have yeah. caused you to have been disrespectful to me, and then Christmas would have been ruined. Because <laughs> I get my feelings hurt. Yeah. No, and that it's easy to do in that situation. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning, where you get so enveloped in what you are doing that you are the focus. And I've been thinking about this too, thinking forward with starting a family and having kids and stuff like that, thinking about doing work and maybe not having the boundary to keep work at work and bringing work home. And then I'm so enveloped in my work that if that baby or toddler or whatever comes up, wants to play, I'm like picturing myself snapping because I'm so, I'm putting myself above. Yeah. 
and it's, it's much more easy to snap in that way. But if you were humble and you put the other person first, like you did in that example that you were talking about, makes it so much easier. So love and respect. Mm-hmm. Some other examples that may ruffle some feathers, which yeah. I love to do. <laughs> this first one's a big one and honestly one that as a female doesn't normally come naturally because we're such social emotional creatures and we want to talk amongst each other. Yeah. But given all the goods of you and your spouse and your problems or things that you're going through to family members or friends <clears throat> no bueno is no bueno and dishonoring to your husband now i think there's a time and place for soliciting advice so you might go like i might go to my girlfriend or my sister and be like hey i'm experiencing this in my relationship have you ever had to handle that what did you do blah 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 but even then you got to be really careful because they, when you're talking to them about it, are passing judgment in a way they're formulating what they think about your marriage while you're talking to them. Yeah. Um, this is something I know <clears throat> I had, I think I was pretty open about it in the beginning of the relationship. Like if, if there's something going on with us, it's about us like bringing in other people is just going to, build frustrations yeah everything else i think it only happened like once or twice um because you know you need to communicate with your spouse right um especially in some of the extremes differences between us and our family and our friends even uh where we where we're our christian views don't align with their traditional uh, and or world views, right? Yeah. Um, so it, it definitely from my point of view, it can be very disrespectful if you're, you know, could be from in men's in general, like if you're running to talk to your mom or your sisters, or I'm just saying in general, yeah. like, uh, you know, Oh, you know, Bob did this, he da 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 da, and then the the friends or family members like, oh, what a what a piece of shit. Da, 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 sh-. Then the wife might be like, oh yeah, he is a piece of shit, and like, you know, yeah. start you know they're, they're gonna start um, accepting that uh, that negativity, and that can be absolutely cancerous. I, I feel like I can think of some relationships that are now that I'm saying this out loud might be going through something like that. Um, yeah. You know, it, I, I tell, I've been telling you this for as long as you've lived here. <clears throat> um, you know, it, the, the hierarchy goes, God, uh, spouse, children, and then, then family, and then like church family, you know, that's, that's a hard one to swallow for some people, I'm sure. Um, but, uh, oh, lost my train of thought. So. Oh yeah, that's what it was. So I, I've I've been saying it to you for the longest time. Like I like outside of this household, if you're not bringing positivity, if you're not if, if it's something negative that you don't live in my house, like I don't give a rip. Like bye, and it, it, and that expands to uh, family and everything as well because we're very strong in our faith. 
about certain things. And I know we've had some, some ripples with, you know, traditions and stuff and then people not understanding that this is how we do things now. Yeah. And just because that's how you feel or, you know, that's how you've always done it. That's not, you're not, you're not us. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that can be a really hard one too, because I can also, again, think of relationships that I'm aware of where, um, they're not putting the spouse first. They're letting the family have way too much input into the, um, mm-hmm. and I like that frustrates me. Cause I just want to be like, in some situations, like, Hey, as the leader of the house, you got to step up and, um, squash that you know i'm extremely fortunate that you are a great christian woman and know your role okay. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um and we we really haven't had a lot of issues with it no we haven't <clears throat> uh, what i will say is when those in those moments that i have gone to other people for advice there are times and this is especially for the people in our lives that i've gone to that aren't christian when they give the advice then that i was thinking about this when you were talking when they give the advice, there's something in me that that knows that it's wrong. Like yeah. there's not that I'm getting the advice, but the advice that they're giving me is not founded in scripture. Yeah, yeah, that's and that's a that's a tough thing to. Again, that's a tough thing to accept when you have. Um, some people are just so. And it's, twined with their family they think oh i love my family but um once you get married your family is that person is that spouse and then it's your children i listened i was listening to a sermon today with mark uh, driscoll and the, the guy was asking how this gentleman got into this one career field and the guy started telling about his first marriage and how the 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 parents of his wife got so involved that they literally like kidnapped his wife. <laughs> Not literally, basically kidnapped the wife and his daughter and he came home and they weren't there. They're like, we went to live with my, our parents and like, they were like holding her hostage and like intervening. They ended up being a divorce and everything. And Mark's like, well, that's, that's a, that's a funny story. I mean, that's a crazy story, but I just want to know how you got into woodworking. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. So my new wife, his dad, uh, her dad is a woodworker and, blah 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 but um yeah yeah like you that's why i tell like i said i tell you all the time i don't give a rip like outside this house you're not gonna you're not gonna interject in our house in our relationship and um try to destroy it it's just you ain't gonna do it sorry about it yeah and uh, i know i know somewhere in scripture i was just trying to look it up but i couldn't find it i just remember somewhere in scripture it says something about only fools take advice from basically people that aren't that don't believe in God. Yeah. So if you're taking advice from people that don't believe in God and you're Christian, you're, you're considered a fool. And so to bring it back to the initial part of what we were talking about is instead of going to your friends, your family, whoever, if you and your partner are having problems enough that you need to seek external counsel, you need to go to a Christian therapist and definitely not. Martha Sue, right. who's on her fifth marriage. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I think, uh, just, you know, shameless plug, I think 
we think that you should be going to therapy regularly anyway, even if you don't have quote unquote problems or problems that have surfaced, like you should, you should be preventative and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. But next one to keep moving through. Mm-hmm. This is a big one too. And Paul just mentioned this diverting the love you have for your husband or your wife to your children is dishonor in your marriage. Yeah. So um, same thing, uh, like I was saying, you know, goes, um, and this can be, this one is extremely controversial, uh, as well. And as a hard pill to swallow, I feel like for a lot of people, because especially if you come from, um, um, what do you call it? Like a prior marriage brings in a new child, brings a child to the relationship or, you know, your first child. Um, we, if you put all that energy into the, the children, once they leave, then it's like, all right, I don't even know who I've been living with these last 18 years. We've, we, we met a, a nice couple at one of the retreats we did what <clears throat> we did. And one, I, I think we talked about it in one of the other episodes, but they said, if this was our last effort, to save our marriage. They yeah. said if this didn't work, they were getting divorced. And it was because they had a child and then they were empty nesters and they didn't know each other anymore. Um, you know, so that's So all that's their scary. love was in their child and not yeah. toward the other person. Or, or they just, they, they probably fall out of love because they're so focused on the child, you know? Yeah. And we're talking about having uh, a child and, you know, Jensen, you know, we, we still date. We still talk about dating, going on dates and just doing all these regular things. You know, you, um, men, you gotta, you gotta keep pursuing your wife or else somebody else will. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not, Hey, can't have mine. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's good. This next one, I definitely want to talk about two from recent convictions that I've been having careless dressing, which we've already talked about and hugging. Your body is a tool to make your marriage work. So recently, me and Paul do jujitsu, jujitsu, and if you don't know, that's a it's a form of martial arts. It's kind of like wrestling. You're on the mat. You're trying to submit people, but choke each other out. But if you've never seen it, or if you've never experienced it, sometimes you can get into pretty compromising positions, like. These positions, the best way that I can say it without being extra graphic is these positions, if you were just to take off the jujitsu clothes, the gi, you would literally be in sexual positions. And so when we go, I've been convicted recently. I think it's because of this, honestly, where I don't, I don't roll, which means I don't actively fight with somebody unless it's Paul. Um, because I don't feel comfortable. Like for females, I would if I were going with another female, but I don't feel comfortable being with another male, being in these positions that literally make me feel like they're sexual positions. I feel like that's dishonoring to my marriage. I feel like it's dishonoring to Paul and I'm just not comfortable with it. I think everybody feels differently about it, you know? Like, And, and when you brought that up to me, <clears throat> this was probably like, I don't know, maybe two weeks ago at this point, but it, I know just like some of the other things we've already talked about, like when we're doing jujitsu, I feel some kind of way about it when some of the females want to roll with me. And like, <clears throat> I definitely am not rolling the way I would do with like the men. And I'm 
more or less just trying to keep them at bay or whatever. And I, cause it is uncomfortable. Like you're my wife and you're there. Um, so I, I feel like I'm starting to be convicted about that too. And it's only time I'm ever even in that situation is when we go <clears throat> to the dojo. Um, so yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I can agree with that. Yeah. And I think too, this, this specific example talked about hugging. Like I, when your buddies or work buddies, whoever it is comes, like we're in a social situation and they say, hi, I'm not going to initiate a hug or anything like that. Like I'm going to lock eyes. I'm going to say, hello, how are you? Stuff like that. But I'm going to keep my engagement as, as socially acceptable, but minimal, minimal as possible because I don't, and maybe like church hug it, side hug it, <laughs> like if anything. Yeah. Bobby's the only one that gives like a full. I feel like that's just his like how he how he was raised and brought up. And Grant, but um, yeah, I just don't. I'm not keen on doing any of those things that I would do with my husband with other people. Like I I don't. Yeah, and same thing. Like those those are those little things that can start to creep. Like oh. I kind of like this embrace from this other person. Yeah. Maybe I'll embrace them a little bit longer next time, or maybe yeah. then it becomes flirty. You know, it's just <clears throat> really slippery slope when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. Yep. So those are some examples. There are some other ones too, but I think for time's sake. Well, let's do that. Let's talk about that next one real quick. Cause this okay. is, this is, um, uh, so on, uh, people don't pray, their marriages mm. and couples don't pray together um uh i think they'd be okay with me saying this um brian uh from the episode of faith of a mustard seed <clears throat> um and his wife nicole uh i think they didn't pray together for a while right and or she didn't want it she didn't like to openly pray with them and now she's okay with it. She's more accepting with it. But like they they've said how much, um, among other couples, that once they started praying together as a husband and wife, like how things have just gotten so much better. You know, praying for your marriage, praying for all the the your know, finances, your house. You know, all those things. Doing it together um, <clears throat> is going to be more powerful than individually. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is really good. And it's such a way to, again, bring it back to the ultimate topic is such a way to honor your partner. Like how honored do I feel when you in prayer say, I also want to pray for my wife. Like, I hope if I'm experiencing something, I hope she gets better. I hope that she crushes blah, blah, blah. Like it is so honoring for me to hear that you're thinking of me enough to ask God to intervene yeah. on my behalf, you know, like it's so, so honoring. Before we get to the research, I want to, I want to, <laughs> these next two, like these are good. Okay. Um, so the next one is, uh, um, it's dishonorable. It dishonors your marriage by comparing it with others. <clears throat> this is a big one too, right? Keep up with the Joneses or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that whole love and respect thing. <clears throat> I feel like a lot of the examples usually talk about like the, the, the wife in the situation um, can be very disrespectful um, and sharp with these words, something like, 
oh, did you see the neighbor? They got a new car or um, <clears throat> something like that. Well, from a man's point of view, they could receive that as, well, you know, I guess she's telling me I need to work harder. Yeah. And she's saying I'm not working hard enough, you know, which can lead to <clears throat> a couple different things, you know, like just that complete disrespect and that feeling that then they're going to be a loving, you know, that whole cycle we we're talking about. Also, it can lead to the husband working more and being home less, which can cause all kinds of different issues and everything. So, um, <clears throat> that comparison comparing is a thief killer uh there's a thief of joy um so being oh i think we do pretty good i think we do really well there's some cases where i i feel like i need to say something about it like you know don't compare yeah um because it's so easy to do especially in today's day and age with social media and you know instant access to all these things like well what what are what are why can't we be that way or what you know it's it's really easy to do but it's also very can be very dangerous yeah i i'm definitely guilty of this even if you don't mean to do it intention doesn't always mean doesn't always equate to impact meaning i don't necessarily mean to compare but the impact on paul is that i am comparing yeah so yeah it's definitely something to look out for yeah, and then this last one, uh, if you don't show love and respect, right? We talked about it a few times. I just want to hit that hit that one again. You know, it's it, you're bringing dishonor to your marriage yeah. if you're not loving and respecting. The and, man is mm-hmm. called to love the wife, just like Jesus loved the church, and the woman is to respect the husband. And the thing is, the thing is that God situated this stuff so perfectly, right? Like he he created all things and he did it in a way that's going to honor him because man has to love his wife, but God did not create the man to have the hardwire hardwiring to do that. Like he didn't create an emotionally savvy man, which means that the man, Paul, the husband is going to have to call upon God to give him the ability to love his wife. So there always has to be that vertical relationship. And then the same thing for the wife, The wife is supposed to respect her husband, but that doesn't come naturally. What comes naturally for her is to give love. To give respect is not as natural. So the wife is going to have to then again call upon God to give her the ability to respect her partner. And so there's got to be that vertical relationship. And I say that because it's easy to say that you're supposed to love or respect the other person, but without God... It is incredibly hard to do that with the hard wiring that we're naturally given. So uh, you got to keep that conversation open with God. That's good. All right. On to the research. So research. A little bit here. I found a doctoral dissertation from a student actually at Liberty University. It's called Satisfaction and Contributing Factors in Satisfying Long-Term Marriage, a Phenomenological Study. Say that fast. Nope. So this person looked at respect and they talked about respect um, in the way of being an attitude. So an attitude of respect and how an attitude of respect involves a bunch of elements, one of which is honor. And so according to the people that this, this doctoral student polled, these elements, including honor, have to be conveyed 
to the other in the marriage relationship if it is to endure. So to have an attitude of respect in marriage, you have to honor the other person so that the marriage can be endured. Um, one person in the study said, I think it's absolutely significant and important that your spouse and others from your dialogue and from your actions know that you are absolutely, you absolutely respect and love your wife or husband or respect and love your husband. Yeah. Anyway. So in addition, this person attributed the respect and honor that he had for his wife with one another to the spiritual foundation which bound them together so he's saying that his faith is what has given him the ability to honor his spouse um and so i thought i thought that was good the wife in this scenario said quoted that you have to do unto others as you would have them do unto you basically you got to give what you want back mm -hmm. and so if you want honor, like if you, let's say you and your husband are in a season when, where you are not seeing eye to eye and you know, your husband is not being loving for you to receive honor back. You must first be honorable. Like in no way are you going to get honor if you're intentionally dishonoring him. Yeah. Um, they talk about how they try to think about the other person's needs before their own. Mm -hmm. She said, I think he does the same thing. So that way it just works because the kinder you are to somebody else, then it just comes back to you. You treat somebody with respect, you're going to get respect back. We both take care of each other, even, even in simple things. Like you get up to get something you ask, do you want me to get you anything? And I, I think that's really good. You're always thinking about, the other person first and in doing so you're honoring them and then in doing so you're having an attitude of respect for the person yeah i think all that's good just um <clears throat> obviously you should treat others the way you want to be treated but um like we've been talking about the love and respect piece of it like i don't need you i mean obviously i need you to love me but i don't need you to love me the way you need to be loved yeah it's true right so uh, and same thing you don't need to be respected the way I need to feel respect. Yeah. Because that's, that's how God hardwired us. Mm -hmm. So I know it's saying you should do both. But um, as individuals, as a husband, I need to focus more on loving you than respecting you. I know that sounds really bad <laughs> when uh, you say it that yeah, way yeah. when you don't have the full context of like what love and respect means. But um, I, I, it's my role to love you. Yeah. Which is honoring you. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's kind of, it's kind of, it's a blanket statement for all that. And then same thing, yeah. respect me. Yeah. The medium respect is different. Okay. <laughs> the medium is different. Like Paul said, how you go about it might be different, but the end result honor is the same. So if you want honor, you got to give honor in the way that your partner needs to receive it. The way God, yeah. The way yeah. God yep. designed it. And then the last one, which I thought was awesome. It's mostly talking about husbands, okay. but there we go. I think it's so good. Sorry, it's headline. <laughs> it's from the Gottman Institute, which I've been loving research. The Gottman Institute is a, an institute that exclusively researches relationships. So all kinds of research that looks at relationships. The headline is emotionally intelligent husbands are key to a lot, a lasting marriage. 
And like, without even reading further, you already know that the guys that are not necessarily in tune with their emotions, like they're soft and they're just betas. You're going to love when I say that. Mm. Betas that are just betas. But they are emotionally intelligent in that they can pick up on their partner's emotions and therefore be compassionate. You already know that that's what it's saying, that that is going to be key to a lasting marriage. So it starts by saying the husband who lacks emotional intelligence rejects his partner's influence because he typically fears a loss of power. So let's say, um, let me see, let's find an example. Let's say, okay, financially, let's say we are trying to, let's take our example. Let's say we're trying to save for a doula or a midwife, right? And let's say we weren't, on, we're on the same page. So just if you're here listening to this right now, we are on the same page, but let's just say we aren't on the same page and it's a really expensive investment or it's a big investment and I'm all in. I'm like, Hey, uh, we have to redirect funds. We have to figure out what we have to, because we have to save for this doula. It's coming in about, you know, 12 months. We have this, this amount of time to do it. A husband that is not emotionally intelligent would reject my influence on this scenario, like my ability to change what's happening uh, because he fears a loss of power. So if he feels like he has power over the finances, ultimate power over the finances, and he fears the loss of that, he's not going to let my thoughts, my emotions, my opinions redirect what we're doing because he's lacking, the ultimate reason is because he's lacking emotional intelligence, emotional intelligence. So he can't see that I am emotionally geared toward this decision. Like I, I have emotional stake in this decision and he doesn't see that he only sees his loss of power. And so, um, I think that's good. You can think of so many other examples of that too. I think that goes back to the pride thing, actually mm. a big part of it because a loss of power is thinking I have the ultimate power, which is pride, <laughs> right? Like I'm, I'm better. I'm above. Yeah. And so because he's unwilling to accept my influence in that example, he will not be influential and that dynamic will result in a gridlock. So he's not accepting my influence. And because of that, I'm probably going to be resistant. And so he's not going to end up having influence. And then we're in this locking pattern where we're at a stalemate and nothing is going to happen. On the other hand, the emotionally intelligent husband is interested in his partner's emotions because he honors there that there's the key honors and respects her while his husband, while this husband may not express his emotions in the same way his partner does, he will learn how to better connect with her by listening to and validating her perspective, understanding her needs and expressing empathy. So in going back to that example, again, Paul, Paul is absolutely on board with our decision to do this, but maybe let's say he, he is an emotionally intelligent husband, which he is. Maybe I am so, <laughs> maybe I am so emotionally geared toward getting a doula and a midwife, but he, he isn't like, he may not see the absolute benefit, but he's emotionally intelligent. So he, um, knows that my emotions are valid. And so he's going to be willing to have those conversations to honor me and to respect me. Yeah. 
big uh <laughs> big tip there guys right even if it's something you don't want to talk about or whatever uh if, if they're excited about it um just shut up and listen and try and give some feedback that's so true yeah, yeah. It, 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 you might get lucky if you do that. I'm just sorry. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Now I know your motive. Yeah, I get <laughs> no. I get excited about a lot of things. I think a lot of women do. And like gardening. For I get so excited to talk about that stuff. And even though Paul may not be excited at all, he's a, he can be emotionally intelligent at times. So he knows that when I'm excited, I want him to be fully invested, at least in listening and stuff like that, because that is honoring to me. Yeah. And then, you know, that goes both ways. This is talking about the emotionally intelligent husband, but that goes the same way the other way. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing going the other way. So when his partner needs to talk about something, an emotionally intelligent husband will set aside what he's doing at the moment, including phone, work, whatever it is, nothing is more important than his wife, and talk with her. He's going to pick we over me, which so shows solidarity with his partner, which means that's such a way to honor like if you said if you're in the middle of a text or an email or something like that and you say all right your needs your emotions right now your desire to communicate with me are more important than whatever i'm doing and you put that down that's like that's so honoring it's a little bit of a turn on when for women honestly because you feel like the most important person ever like you feel like you know a princess and one thing with that is because you're so excitable about a lot of these things, sometimes you're coming at me right when I'm in the middle of something. Uh-huh. And, you know, sometimes I have to be like, babe, can you just give me a minute? Let me finish this. And so you can have my attention as opposed to dividing my attention. And, you know, need to be better about that. But also you've, you've um, recognized and said that you need to do a better job of, seeing trying to see when it's a good opportunity to have conversations especially when you're already like six paragraphs deep in a conversation in your own head and then yeah. you're trying to interject me and i don't even know what you're talking about mm-hmm. and you expect me to <laughs> just pick up on it but you know just the loving response instead of like just ignoring it or just continuing doing what you're doing when she's trying to talk to you or just like no like you know being like a little rough but hey babe can you give me a minute or can we talk about that at a different time? Um, yeah. Things will go a lot better too. For sure. Um, so yeah, that's, that's that. I think emotional intelligence will help you honor your spouse and you'll have more satisfaction and in your marriage and um, it'll go further. Any last thoughts? about does not dishonor no i think this was uh a really good one yeah i think so um we've got a few more coming up um yeah uh we're getting ready to uh, hopefully launch this marriage group coming up and see where that goes we got some traveling coming up it's irrelevant, but uh, <laughs> just going to keep banging out these uh, episodes. Hopefully, somebody out there is getting something from it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, until the next one, babe, will you pray us out? Sure.
dear Lord, thank you so much for bringing us here. We thank you for all the ears that will be listening as soon as this is posted and we'll be able to listen in the future. Uh, we know that not having pride and not dishonoring others, especially in the context of marriage can be difficult. Uh, pride, especially you made us to be these incredible human beings with great talents, gifts, skills, whatever it is. And so pride is so easy as for to have we're we're proud of the things that you gave us but i pray that you'll give us a heart that instead of being proud about ourselves we'll be proud about the people that have helped us get there and the and proud of you for for getting us there in addition uh, i pray that in dishonoring or honoring your partner i pray that you'll convict our hearts just like we talked about in this episode to reveal to us the ways that we may be dishonoring our partner I know a lot of that comes with a bit of a bitter taste in our mouth because it it reveals to us some of the crap that's in our heart and it is sometimes humiliating and sometimes hurts our pride for us to know that we're doing things wrong but i pray that you'll give us uh, the holy spirit to convict us and then to also give us the motivation to make those changes because if we're honoring our spouse which is what you get you gifted us we're also honoring you I pray for all these marriages that are going to be impacted by this series and the marriages that we know in our lives. I pray that you'll help them flourish and get better. Uh, I pray that you'll help both the people in the marriage be more like Jesus was and reveal to them if they don't know what Jesus was like, reveal to them what he was like so that they can model and mirror those traits. We thank you, Lord, for the willingness to continue down this path. I pray for my husband and for his podcast. I pray that you'll give him, continue giving him the motivation, the information, the biblical wisdom that he needs to keep moving forward. And same thing with us continuing down this, this marriage path. But thank you for everything, Lord. Uh, we know without you, we wouldn't be where we are today. So we are grateful for that. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Till next time. Y'all have a good one. God bless.